Father, we just come to you this morning and we thank you that we know that we serve a God who is great, who is greater over any situation that's going on in our life. And I pray we can look at you and know that you're in control. We thank you that we can, we can come this morning and worship you and know that you're present and you're here with us. So, Father, we give you this morning. We pray that you'd speak to us, God, as we hear about the mission experiences from this summer. God, that you would have your way this morning in our service. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' name. All right, good morning, church. It's always a pleasure to be here to talk missions with you. Um, today, we're going to share some of the testimonies from the mission experiences that we had this year. So I want to invite the six that we have uh, I've spoken to about this just to make your way on up here. We'll have three on this side, three on this side. Take your pick. Doesn't matter where. Sit, have you like. And uh, Billy, since you're coming to this side, would you grab that mic right over here and just hang on to it? And uh, Nathan, uh, where's the other one? Yeah, that's good. If you'll grab that one, Nathan, that'll be fine. There we go. Did we get seven up here? Did I miscount? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's good. Go ahead right there, Dustin. Now, I like you, but we need some elbow room. Y'all scoot out just a little bit there. Yeah, that'll be good. Okay, so these are always fun times for us to hear what God has done. Uh, in people's lives and through our efforts and in, in our mission experiences and so forth. Before we get started with hearing from these folks that are up here today, I do want to say just a special thank you to you as a congregation for your support uh, for, through our finances, through our prayers, also through some of the, the material uh, belongings, material things, as we'll talk about in just a few minutes with the sports camp. But also a very special thank you to those of you that helped drive uh, we had over 55, I believe, is in that range, uh, people that went on our uh, trips this year. And that means getting people to the airport and back home, sometimes at some very early hours and some very late hours. So I want to say thanks to Lance Betancourt for helping out, Joel Place, Greg Hicks. Did I miss anybody that might have driven and I didn't think about your name? So thank you to you folks. We couldn't do it without that kind of a, a support in the back. So I'm going to sit down here for just a minute. I'm going to start with my good friend, Billy, right here. So how are you, Billy? I'm good. How are All you? Right. Are you all ready for school? Yes, sir. We started right. practice last Monday with the freshmen, and we start with the older guys this Monday. So. All right. Now, you're not a stranger up here. We've had you share before, but there's a little something different this year. You didn't go to Portugal, did you? No, sir. We, uh, <clears throat> we had an opportunity to go to Brazil and do what we do in, in Portugal. And the way that this, this happened was, when we were in Portugal last year, we had um, one of the campers was from Brazil, came up and said, hey, was talking to Marconi and some of the guys and said, you know, is there any way we can do this in Brazil? And of course you think, yeah, sure, we'll try. And then as it always happens, you know, God goes to work and, Next thing you know, it, it's set up to where we're going to go to Timbo, Brazil. We're going to work with a um, football team. They, they're called the T-Rex. Um, we're going to go down there and we're going to work with this football team. And so it was a little bit different. You know, it wasn't in Portugal every year. It's, it's people from all over Portugal. This was the group from um, Timbo and the surrounding communities. So there were seven of us that went. Um, Lee Curtis, Marconi, Jordan Smith, 
Austin Stockin, um, my defensive coordinator, Mark Zimmer, went with us. Lee. Lee. Lee, right. <laughs> so we went down there and you want me to go on with this? You're doing great. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'll interrupt you. Good. So we flew down. You know, of course, there's always some sort of um, crazy things that happen at, at, the, at the airports. You know, we have a gigantic layover. We fly to Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is this gigantic, humongous city that's as big as, I think they said, as, as big as L.A. and Chicago combined. Um, we get off, we go into Sao Paulo. Um, Marconi's got us going where we need to go. Marconi, being from that area, it was great to have. Of course, he speaks um, Portuguese, so we're down there. We actually stop at, we hear some music, and we go into a, a church service. And you want to talk about an electrifying church service. Yeah, it's, I didn't know what they were saying, but I'll tell you this. You, I knew the tune from some of the songs that they were singing, and man, you want to talk about people getting after it. They were. I sat at the back like I normally good Baptist self does. And <laughs> stayed still and man, and it was awesome. It was great. It, it was just wonderful to see the, just see them worshiping the Lord. So we go, we end up getting back on, we fly, and we get to Timbo that night. And the group that we stay that that we stay with, the the owners of the football team. So this is kind of like a semi-pro football league. It's not like the Dallas Cowboys or anything, even close to anything like that. It's a small team that they put together. They work very hard in promoting themselves and what they do. And <clears throat> these guys are from 18 to you know 30 years old. So we go and we when we stay with this, the the owner's mother has a house, and we go and we stay at this house, and they feed us the best food you've ever had. Avocados that were as big as um, softballs. It was amazing. We ate uh, yucca root. We ate more bread than you've ever eaten in your entire life, which was amazing. We ate things that we didn't even know what they were. They just put it out there and we ate. We ate um, potato salad ice cream. They put potato salad type deals and you put it in ice cream cones. And sounds bad, but it was really good. <laughs> But uh, one of the most amazing things that happened, you know, we would go and we would go to the camp and we, and we would coach the guys and, you know, we'd talk about them, talk to them about Christ and, you know, build these relationships that we we're building. But the, the ladies that were there at the house, they were talking to Lee and Curtis and they were sitting around and, you know, they, they made mention of, they weren't for sure what we, what we were really doing there at first. And then, you know, after us being there, they told Lee that they, you know, that they had been praying for a group of men to come because their sons are on this team and they had these kids, these young men out to their house. That they had been praying for a group of men or some men to come and to share Christ with a lot with, with these guys and just to interject Christ in their life and, you know, and, it was us, right? You know, we, we didn't know. We didn't know they'd been praying for it. Just how it all worked out and how it happened was nothing that we could control. And it's just the way it always seems to work. I was, I'm always a nervous wreck when we go down there because you want to go and, you know, do your best. You want to go and be a, um, you know, you don't want to miss any opportunities. And, um, you know, the guys that went, they were unbelievable with the relationships they've, they've met, they made, they already are asking for us to come back other teams are asking for us to bring more men down this next couple years and do this 
in a bigger capacity. So it was an amazing trip with an amazing group of guys. And you guys know every time you go on this, it's, it's a spiritual awakening always for myself. And I know for everybody that goes, um, it, it, it was amazing. And just the way God worked, there was nothing that we did to make this go as smoothly as it did. We just, and that's one thing I love about Brother Lee. So I get worked up and he says, hey man, chill. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> and he's right, he's right, he's always right. And we just, and we go and it, it was an amazing experience. Um, and I think it's gonna lead to, you know, he talked about planting seeds. There were a lot of seeds planted and it's gonna lead to something that we can't even fathom in our mind, honestly. Billy, you answered exactly one of the questions that I'm going to ask all six of you at some point to reflect on and to share, is how did you see God at work? And that's exactly, you've already touched on that exactly. Um, it's it's an interesting experience for the, the, the doers, the ones who are going, but also on our end planning, uh, this was a totally blank chalkboard. I mean, we just went from scratch and trying to make these arrangements long distance. Um, it's It's a real stretch and a test of, okay, God, we, we fully understand this is from you, but how do we get all this stuff worked out? And he surpassed everything that, uh, that we would uh, have we imagined. Um, one more, just a little quick reflection. Billy, you've been doing this a long time uh, from Portugal and now with this Brazil experience. Uh, tell us what this has meant to you as an individual, as a believer in Christ. Just the opportunity, you know. I, you go to, every, every time we go, it makes me think about you know, honestly, how lucky we are. You know, not not materially how lucky we are, but just how lucky we are just to have this. Because there's there's not a lot of this in the world. You know, there's a very you sit and watch people in those airports and stuff, man. And it, it I thank God every day. I've I've got you as a church family. I thank God every day. I've got a relationship with Him. Because it does, it, it makes you understand how lucky we have it because there's not a lot of, out in the world that people come together to openly worship and to have a sense of, you know, this is our number one priority in life. You know, people are, people are selfish. People are built to, you know, I fight it every day. I fight my selfishness every day of the materialistic wants of the world, you know, so... It excites me to get to share Christ with with guys that I know that I've never have a chance to to meet that are probably that I shouldn't. They're the only reason I'm having this chance is because God's put me in this opportunity, and I'm thankful for that. And you know, I still take it for granted, and I try not to every day. But that that's that's the main thing. Um, just we're lucky. We're very lucky for what we have, and you know, having that chance to not miss an opportunity every day to share what we've what That we fits in with what Sarah was sharing about uh, volunteering, using what God has given you, and what God has given you through your past has been the ability and the skills and the love for football and using that now. Absolutely. So, speaking of football, pass the mic down to <laughs> Dustin. My yeah, we're going to talk football in Portugal just a little bit. How Dustin? Much, how much time we got? Oh, well, I'll cut you <laughs> off. Don't worry about that. I'll tackle you. Oh, wait, no, I can't do that. Uh, first trip to Portugal, first trip for Camp Gridiron? Yeah, it was uh, my first trip to Portugal and actually my first mission trip uh, ever as well. So, um, man, all I can say is we serve a great and awesome God. And, and to Billy's point, our Father is always at work. 
<clears throat> Lee shared a story a couple weeks ago about uh, the issue at baggage claim where we had dozens and dozens of bags literally to check and the price tag associated with it, I'm sure, is, is pretty astronomical. And, and through the works of the Lord, <clears throat> he, he made it where we could get all of our bags pushed through uh, without any charge to the trip. Um, but even before that, for me personally, um, you know, I, I was struggling back and forth. Actually, the group asked me last year uh, to go on the trip. <clears throat> we had just joined the, the congregation and, and started coming here. And, and um, when this time this year came up, um, Chuck DeGear actually started recruiting me. Thanks, Chuck. Um, and, and I went back and forth with it, and I prayed about it and talked to my wife about it. And um, the one thing that kept coming to my mind is you'll always find an excuse to say no. You'll always find a reason to say no. And so from that standpoint, I said, you know what, I'm going to commit myself to this, and I'm going to go. And just went into it with, with an open mind. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I had no real expectations other than the fact that I love football, right? So that was the hook. Um, and I love the Lord. And um, it was great to see the, the work that um, he's done through this group. And, and for those of you who don't know, um, this, this, is, this camp's been going on for, I think this is our 11th year, or the church's 11th year. And um, it was fantastic to get to see the seeds that had been planted um, by those before me in the years past because um, there was a real desire for some of the folks over there to, to ask questions that you could tell was outside of their comfort zone and come to the group and, and, and looking for answers that, that they had. Um, and we did our best, obviously, to, to at least be a sounding board uh, and give them the opportunity to, to ask questions that uh, they normally wouldn't get the opportunity to. And so from some of the, the seeds in, that have been planted, um, you know, one of my personal stories is uh, one of the gentlemen there, his, his last name is Zeller. I can't pronounce his first name to this day, um, but a fantastic guy. He's a young, young kid. I'm old enough I can call him a kid now. He's 24. Um, but through the works that the group has done in the past, he, he, found, he finally uh, wanted to, to come forth and, and have some questions about the Lord. And so one of the things that we started doing is we actually had a Bible study there at camp uh, about 7.15 early one morning. And um, it was such an impact to him, he actually asked me if we could continue uh, doing Bible studies together. And so we have a, a weekly FaceTime via Facebook Messenger uh, where we get together and, and we have a Bible study. And, um, you know, I actually kind of feel guilty because I feel like I received personally more out of the trip than what I, I contributed. And just the opportunity to get with Zeller on a weekly basis, you know, I've never, never hosted a Bible study before. And it's great for me because it's, it's now giving me the opportunity to um, study my faith from a different angle as the teacher as opposed to just being the one to bring it in. And so uh, all the way around, I mean, for, for me personally, the trip was fantastic. Um, it's helped um, create a, a platform not only for us to disciple abroad, but also for us to strengthen some of the fellowship that we have here locally. Uh, what many of you may not know is that um, this, this trip has so many people involved that don't even attend our church. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have so many people from down in, in the San Antonio area, the Austin area. And so not only are we reaching abroad, but we're also reaching here domestically and, uh, and spreading the word. And so uh, for those of you that have, have not been on a trip, I can speak for me personally. It was one of the most fantastic and self-rewarding um, opportunities I've ever had in my entire life. 
I can't add anything to that. That's excellent. Uh, but you notice a theme. So far, both of these gentlemen have used the same word. Uh, and uh, I think it, I wouldn't be surprised if these folks don't use it too. Seeds planted. Um, frequently, we have an, an impression that when you do a mission trip, in maybe a traditional sense, um, that there will be people who immediately make salvation decisions. Uh, that's, that's wonderful when it happens. Uh, but I would dare say frequently, it's just that seeds are planted, relationships are built. But notice how technology has come to our, um, uh, our benefit with you being able to do FaceTime with a gentleman in Portugal. Uh, time differences, language, maybe not terrible differences. He obviously speaks some English, right? Yeah, no, he, he speaks. He speaks very fluent English. Um, and we actually had our, our, our Bible study today. And, you know, we talk about the, the Lord being at work, kind of a curveball this morning to our, our Bible studies. He actually invited his cousin. And so so it's already starting to, to spread, right? And the, the enthusiasm that they have is already getting traction. And so the cool part is, is, is as we plan moving forward, the ability to leverage technology and actually have FaceTime with multiple individuals at the same time uh, is something that we're looking forward to, and, and they're going to continue to invite more and more people. Okay. Wish me luck. Now there's your, <laughs> there's your assignment. You got to keep us posted on stuff like that. That's Absolutely. that's just an amazing thing. I mean, uh, again, uh, totally, um, totally out of right field. It's been a baseball. Y'all forgive me for using baseball instead of football. But no, I mean, things Silly. that you just never consider. And it's, it's amazing God, God does that. I am personally grateful for your commitment to do this this year. Very oh, much thanks. so. Thank you guys for having me. It was my pleasure, literally. Yeah. Let me borrow your mic. I'm going to pass it so these guys can share it down here. Just split it in between. Laura, you hang on to it. Cause, or give it to Ryan because he's going to be next. <laughs> Ryan, you're next. Now. I told Ryan, he was a little hesitant. He said, you mean I got to get up there in front of everybody? And I said, Ryan, just talk. You know, we're just going to chat and everything like this. I was under the impression there would be more kids. Well, <laughs> we, were, we were under the impression that you were just more as mature as any of these up here today. So that'll do it. Okay. Now, Ryan, you, this, is your, this is your humor alert. Okay. Remember what I told you I was going to ask you about what you wanted to do? Okay. So. Ryan, what's the one thing you were hoping to do on your trip to Vancouver? I really wanted to tap a tree. That was... Wait, 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 wait. You left out an adjective. Tap a... Tree. Maple. Tap a maple, maple tree. Maple tree. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Because it's Canada. I wanted to make maple syrup. That was my whole goal. And so what did you discover with that desire? It's illegal. Well, but I'll, and another thing too is that I think the sap runs in January or February or something like that. So maybe we could figure out a way, you know, for another trip in the future to do that kind of thing. All right. So tell us a little bit about what the Vancouver trip was about and what you guys tried to do. And then I'll go into the, how did you see God at work? Well, the whole point of the Vancouver trip was to go down to help a church called Church on the Rock just kind of spread the word there because Canada is like an unreached people group. And so we were just meant to go down there and kind of help them get the word out to whoever needed it. Okay. And so um, I saw one of the slides you were looking up there, but it had Canada Day. Did you remember or, or learn what Canada Day is all about? Anything about that? It's their Independence Day. Yeah, it's kind of, they treat it like our Independence Day. Big, big day. And so these, show, these slides up here are showing you guys doing some things with Church on the Rock. 
Um, and then you also did some other things the, the few days after that. How did you see or did you see God, God's presence in any one of those activities? Yeah. Um, one of the days we did prayer walking and we went to this place called Tim Hortons, which is like Canada's Starbucks. And we just sat down at the table and we prayed like for God to show himself and to make himself known. And like two minutes after, this lady comes up to us with this homeless man and is like, you guys look like a herd of angels. And just immediately we started talking, connecting, talking to her about the word and really getting into it. That was pretty crazy. And then five minutes later, uh, someone goes to the bathroom and comes back and is like, hey, there's a man over there. Looks like he's reading a Bible. Um, so I walk by him, uh, make eye contact, I say hello, he says hello back, and he literally just starts like sprouting scripture. I didn't get to say anything back to him, he just started going off. And I walked over to Nathan, I was like, I don't know what to do, help me. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan came over and they just started like trading Bible verses, yeah. and I was just like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we had this very clearly and very, very obviously, is how they were praying and they saw something happen just almost instantly. Uh, you know, God show us, fill in the blank, and then boom, it was there. So what has that done for you as far as your understanding of, of prayer and your relationship with God and that kind of thing? It's kind of opened my eyes because like being here, I'm always around people that say they're Christian. So I don't, I guess, feel the need to pray as much, even though I really should. I should always be looking for those people and praying for people that I need to. But being in like Alito, everybody says they're Christian or like acts that way. So I seem to be open more, open my eyes, pray more. Yeah. Um, we use the word, uh, we use the phrase, what is your mission field frequently? Um, that's a good phrase. But uh, if you want to have your eyes opened to where God is taking you and leading you, what is that going to work out in your everyday life? Where, what's your mission field, so to speak? It's kind of like school. Like yeah. I'm in band, so I'll always be there because band is kind of a scary place. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, we had four youth, four from our youth group on this trip, and then four adult sponsors. And uh, uh, it, it was, that was one of the, the main things we talked about when we had our debrief meal, was all these young people saying uh, variations of what Ryan just shared as well, that uh, through, they saw, per, they prayed, they're, they're, they're people of prayer, just like we all are, but they pray, and all of a sudden they see uh, some sort of answer just as immediate as possible. So their takeaway, like Ryan said, was we need to keep every day praying, Lord, show me today how you want to make an impact today through me. And in his case, like with many of our young people, it's gonna be at school, it's gonna be in athletics. For our college students, it's gonna be on the campus, uh, adults, work life. Uh, that was a great uh, impression, a great thing they learned from it. Is there anything else, was there any particular story or person, or I mean, you mentioned the people at, at Tim Hortons. Anything else that comes to mind? No? That's kind of the biggest ones. Okay. Well, why don't you pass the mic down to Cindy, and uh, we need to get our, our, our Kleenexes out here just a little bit, I'm afraid. Yeah, this has been an interesting season of missions for you, hasn't it? Yes, it has. It's been an absolutely wonderful summer. In what sense? What, what has um, led to that wonderfulness? It's been six years since uh, I've had to come up here or gotten to come up here, depending upon how you look at it. 
Uh, God said no, no, no every year to going back overseas um, for missions. And this year he said yes to Cambodia. And then he said yes to Canada. And then he said, I want you to go to Savannah, Georgia with beautiful feet, with their youth, and ride on a school bus. And um, it was like, there's been nothing for six years. And then it's like, I'm six years older, y'all. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm older. And uh, there was that fear of, am I hearing you? Am I hearing wrong? You want me to do five weeks and then come back and, and get to you know, help with uh, Adventure Week too. But he gave me the strength that I needed. He gave me the energy, the joy, the, I mean, everywhere I saw why he wanted me to go, I saw what he wanted me to get. It's like the best place to be is where he wants you to be and to totally be relying upon him because honestly at 54 that's a lot for me and I had to pray constantly give me the strength you know give me the energy let me do what you want me to do so it was wonderful so you're going to share just a word or two about your Cambodia portion okay. of it and uh, same question you know how did you see God at work just uh, general reflections on that how did you see God work it's been six years since I've been in Cambodia I got to go two years uh, in a row and then six years. No, I saw huge changes um, it just in the architecture, in the people. China has come in and done a lot there, maybe not the best for Cambo the Cambodian people. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry. How God so is at work? God, how you saw God's presence in his, in his presence. In the city, you can feel the darkness, and by darkness, I mean the evil, the lack of God. You can see it everywhere. Um, there are spirit houses, little wood boxes that they paint, and it's covered in gold. They leave the fruit, and they burn the incense. It's absolutely everywhere in the city and, and in the villages that you go to. Uh, you can, the sex trafficking is huge over there. We all know that. So everywhere you look, you're bombarded with, with things that we don't see here in Alito. You see a lot of evil. It is, you know that there's not people there that, that are loving the Lord, that know the Lord. Matter of fact, most of the people in the city have never heard about him. So, but when you go out to the villages, the, the new churches, this, uh, this year we didn't go to the existing churches that, that uh, all of us help support with our prayers and, and the money that we send on a monthly basis. We went to brand new churches, pastors that came to the last pastor's conference. Um, and we're not, we, have, we weren't monetarily supporting these churches, but we went and there were 11 that we got to go to and they're in the middle of nowhere. So in the middle of nowhere, I mean, one of the churches, one of the poorest churches that we went to, you're driving down, you knew they were poor. Their tiny little houses were not put together. They weren't, they didn't all look the same. It was, they were piecemealed. You might have some tin, you might have some, uh, some wood, and there was not a tree in sight. And in Cambodia, it is oppressively hot. The humidity is stifling and not one tree anywhere. So you knew that uh, they, they were given the worst land. And we did, we found out later that they were outcasts, which is why they had the worst land. And we went there and here's a, in the middle of this is a little cinder block church. Well, um, the people from Korea, they come into the country and God takes them to certain places, obviously, and they will just put a church up. But they don't, 
they don't come back. They don't share the word. They just build them a building. So that was the huge thing that the joy when we go, when we go and we visit and, and we got to share, we got to share the bracelets. So we shared the gospel. We got to share two Bible stories uh, with each church that we went to. You know, they worshiped, they prayed, we sang. There was lots of laughter, lots of encouragement. But when we asked too, have you heard this Bible story? Have you heard the story of the Ten Commandments? Have you heard the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego? It was no. They hadn't heard. Even though they're brand new churches, they haven't heard the stories of the Bible. A lot of them can't read. And the Bibles that they did have, we would see, because I took some pictures of them, it would be one Bible that was falling apart that the pastor might use, and it was in a Ziploc bag, along with maybe a hymnal that when they would sing, the pages would fall out because they had used it so much. And it was just so huge to know that these are baby believers. You know, and in some cases, they've got people coming just like we do here and everywhere else that aren't believers. They wear these red Buddhist bracelets you know, that they, that they believe. It reminds them to be good, because if you're good, then, then when you're reincarnated, you move up, you know? So some of them aren't there. So by going and sharing the truth and knowing now that Kyle and Amy, they live there and they're following up with these churches. So it's not just us coming in and, and sharing and then going away or building a building and never returning. Kyle and Amy go to these churches every month and they're sharing the truth and they're discipling these people and they're growing in their faith and that's why i mean what have we been doing this i don't is it 10 years okay. about 10 years to cambodia we support as a church i think 24 churches we went and saw 11 churches that we don't support and i know that there's other ones there so it's so exciting to go there and see God, through his Holy Spirit, what he's doing. You can see it growing. You see more and more people coming to know him. Whereas in the city, you feel that, oh, there's no hope. But when you go out to those churches, there's such huge hope because there's hope with Jesus. When you share him, when you, when you read his word, there's just such hope in him. And you can see it in their faces. You would want me to share the story. Well, about. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say the last church that we visited oh. on the last day, uh, Billy shared what a joy it was to worship in a Portuguese service, not understanding the language, but just the Spirit of God. And uh, uh, this particular group, they were a little different because they sang several songs. And then, go ahead, take that point for Yes, me. they did. We came up, and when you walk up, they didn't have a church building, so it was at, the, at their home or a place that they, that they rent. <clears throat> and uh, they have, you know, like the big tarps that we have that you might cover a roof with. So they lay a tarp down on the ground and they take their shoes off and that's church. So they're all sitting there and um, they, th this church did me in. It was the last church. And the way, there was a man and a couple of women and I couldn't look at any others. They worshiped in a way that you knew without any doubt that they knew him, that they loved him, and that they depended upon him. I mean, the man, he, he was sitting down, his eyes were closed, and we, I hadn't seen as much of the, you know, like some of us may raise our hands to the Lord, and, and there was such a visible worship on him and love on his face. And then this woman and this other woman, but mainly this one woman with a green shirt, she sang. 
so, I, she had, she was grinning ear to ear, and it was just, you felt her heart in her words, did not understand one single word that she was saying, but you knew that she loved him. And I, I couldn't, I mean, I started, I am not a crier, but I, I think I sobbed all summer. And, and I lost it, and I was so embarrassed because after they pray, after they worship, that's when we introduce ourselves. And I am, I'm, I mean, the ugly cry where, you know, I'm sobbing and, and my group's just laughing because it's like she's been doing this the whole time. And, but when it got to me, I just said, I, I'm so sorry, but I'm so moved by your, by your love for the Lord, by, by your worship. And I was just spilling out my heart what they had done for me. And I look over and she is just pouring tears, but grinning ear to ear, you know, and, and the lady next to her, you know, she's crying. And, the, and come to find out the two that were, that I was moved so much by, they were the pastor and his wife. And then the other lady who was crying, she actually was one of the ones who accepted Christ, you know, at that. But it was the, you felt his love and you knew that there was hope there. And uh, that there's a value there that surpasses anything money can buy. I mean, if you ever have the opportunity to worship in another experience, in another language that you don't understand, don't run from it. Embrace it. And you'll see God moving because uh, you can't depend on your own language. You just depend on God. And that's a wonderful thing. That was, we were all blessed at that particular, that particular church. Would you pass your mic down to Laura? We're going to come over here to Peru for a minute. So uh, many years going to Cambodia, many years going to Portugal, and likewise, many years going to Peru to minister with Zona Zagura. So Laura, tell us just in brief what the team did uh, at the uh, camp this year. Well, first, I want to thank the team that went. Um, we had an incredible team, and the most incredible part was not only their strong believers, but out of our 12, only four of us didn't speak Spanish. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> so um, usually in the past, when we've had our um, camps, it's usually been, think, centrifuge, Peruvian style, where you have relay races and all that kind of stuff. Well. Um, this past year, they have finished building a mission center outside of Cusco. It's called East Chicago, which there is no West Chicago, which drives Johnny crazy. But um, instead of doing like relay races and that kind of camp, what we did is we had all the home church. That's what our big focus is. And probably back in 2014, um, we started with one home church. And now that we, um, as of today, there are 25 home churches. I don't know if you know this about Peru, but if you accept Christ and you become a Protestant believer, if you will, or a Baptist, um, you're kind of shunned. Your um, Catholicism is a real big deal there. So is um, Mormonism. I don't know if you say that correctly. So um, we had all the home churches come to the center. Well, the center was built for the severe poverty kids that have aged out of the orphanage or the severe poverty of children that are going to be living on the streets. And so they have 10 students that are learning how um, tools and a trait to be um, work in the um, tourism. Right. And so we were able to stay there and they were able to join in as well. So. 
we had home churches drive as far as four hours away, and then we had some that were just an hour away. So it was amazing. So you've made this trip a few times. You've also been personally, you and John have, because of the friends you've made there. What about this trip, this year, this experience, uh, was significant for you? That was a leading question. I told her I was going to ask it. <laughs> yes. Um, some of you don't know that... Uh, It was a tough year. It was a tough time. John, you want to come help out a little bit? No, I'm not talking. <laughs> okay, I guess I will talk. You can, she can fill in the blanks. All right. Um, it, it's been a season of life, and everyone has a season. Um, and for Laura in particular, it was a, a season of preparation. Um, I'm not sure she would uh, see it as a season of preparation, um, but God's at work in all of our lives. Um, and as Laura goes through this uh, season with her father and, you know, elder care is uh, a unique time, um, she was being prepared. And when we arrived in, um, in Peru, um, you know, God brought people um, specifically who had uh, hurt, and they had a they had a need. And uh, Laura was able to use the the season of life that she had just. She's not. It's never a destination. It's sort of circular. Um, but those experiences were um, equipping moments for her. And so these, uh, these individuals um, had sought us uh, out to talk further, sort of in private. Um, and, and God had ordained those individuals to uh, have sort of counseling with Lara. And the very experiences they were um, having struggles with were the very things that God had been working on uh, in Laura's life for the last six weeks. And so it was very evident that uh, we were able to see, you know, God at work in the trip, the challenges to, to get uh, there, to be there. Uh, but more importantly, that God doesn't waste any of the, the pain and the suffering that we're going through. It's, it's there for a reason. And Laura was able to to redirect that, and I, I'm there watching, and you know, Laura talks a lot, and I get to hear a lot of what Laura talks about. This was not Laura, this was from the Spirit. God was moving in her at that moment, and in those conversations, and the, the real aha moment, when I think about it and reflect on it, is never waste the, never waste what God's doing in your life. It may be painful, uh, but many things that we do that are worthwhile um, are painful. God's discipline is always not a pleasant experience. But when you reflect on it and you kind of look at those, those opportunities, wow. Yeah. Um, the day before, we fly out at nighttime, you fly all night <clears throat> to get to Peru. 
And that day, my uh, dad only remembers my name. Grief is awful. And to share grief with others that are suffering. There's one lady in particular, she's not grieving a death. My dad hasn't passed yet, but uh, we ask for prayers that he does. But this one lady who a friend invited her to come, she uh, wanted to talk to me, and I was like, sure. It was on marriage, and I was like, okay. Sure, I'll talk with you about marriage. But what would happen is in Peru, it's very common not to be married, and they just say they're married. And um, to be married in Peru, you had to be to go to the courthouse and be married um, through with a judge, and then you can have a spiritual wedding if you'd like. Well, she had been married to this man for 20 years, and this man uh, just up and left her. And then within a year, he had married some other woman legally. And they had a 16-year-old daughter. And so I share grief as is in all different types. I'm grieving my father. She's grieving her dream. Mm-hmm. So uh, she has said to Christ rather than her. Amen. So would it have been easy for Laura to say, I, I, this is not the best time for me to go to Peru. I need to stay here. No. But she didn't. And look what God did. Look how you used it. I know this was tough on you, but I do appreciate deeply you agreeing to do it. Mission trips don't always just get on airplanes. Sometimes mission experiences get in a van and drive to East Fort Worth. So Nathan, I want you to share with the group just a little bit about our time with the refugees. Tell in, in brief what that was, what our sports camp was. So this is a ministry that our church has done several times uh, as a whole where we've gone to park terrorist trip that we did a few weeks ago was a, uh, a sports camp that Jesse Kubosh, uh, most of y'all know Jesse Kubosh, one of our students, also our missions intern at the church. Um, she put this on and we taught them baseball as well as volleyball. And if you're not familiar with park terrace, this is a, a apartment complex where it's a bunch of refugee families from different countries. And we had the opportunity to teach these kids, to hang out with these kids and their families, uh, these American sports, and it was a great thing. But ultimately, the reason we taught them that is to build a relationship with them to where we could share the gospel with them. Um, These refugees' families are from... uh, help, me, help me on some of these countries. Uh, not uh, Somalia, Somalia, um, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Iran. Yeah, they're they're from all over the place in the Middle East and Africa as well, and they've come over here. And so this has just been a great opportunity because a lot of these families are Muslim families, there's Hindu families, there's even Christian families, even families of no religion. And so we've got to have the opportunity to share Jesus uh, with these people. And, and you think about sharing with Muslim families and saying, listen, we know you believe in Jesus as a prophet, but he's more than that. He's the son of the living God. And we got to share that with these Muslim families. We got to share with these Hindu kids that, yes, uh, we know that you believe in several different gods, 
but we believe that Jesus Christ is the only way, the truth, and the life. And we got to share this with these Hindu kids, uh, and we got to encourage these other Christian kids who are in this community living with all these other kids from different religions, and it was really a, a really neat thing. We had a lot of youth come and help with it, which we were very grateful to see. Uh, Jesse Kubosh did an amazing job putting all this together. I think we had uh, close to maybe 15 students uh, that came and helped both days. It was a Wednesday and Thursday deal. Uh, Jesse uh, Kubosh uh, shared the, the parable of the, the lost son, and then um, uh, Spencer Wendell, who is our, our mission, or not our missions intern, our children's intern, uh, got to share the parable of the... Um, uh, yeah, the Good Samaritan. Thank you. And so they did a, a fantastic job sharing that. We also got to pass out the bracelets, and we got to share the gospel with these kids. Uh, one cool thing that I, I personally saw, and as a dad, this made me very proud, and I wasn't near it. I was kind of like from where Rick and I are. Uh, I saw my son Noah uh, sharing the bracelet with one of the kids, and Cheyenne uh, Burge, who's one of our youth interns, was standing right there, and she said that he knew the bracelet, and he shared the gospel with these kids. He even told them about the Lake of and I was really excited to hear about that too. So, uh, but it was really a special deal to where, I mean, we know as a as Christians as a church, we are all commanded to be on mission. We are all commanded to serve. We are to serve the Lord joyfully. We are to fear the Lord while we are serving. And while we do it is because we remember the great things that he has done in our lives. And really, uh, this was a really neat thing just to see uh, our youth just come out. And there was even some some youth that weren't a part of our church, but part of another church that were invited to come. And so uh, just to see that. And I will tell you, Karen Morrow has done an amazing job uh, putting this ministry together with Kingdom Manifestors and uh, how we as a church get to be a part of it, I think, is a special thing. And I would encourage you all, this is a very easy way for us to serve uh, as a church. I encourage you to get involved. It doesn't matter your age. Uh, as I told you, my son was there, and, and even the oldest, Steve, was there. And you're welcome. <laughs> and so anybody can help serve in this ministry uh, and to be on this mission. And so uh, it was a great thing. So right back at you, Steve. Yeah, that's all right. I can take all the slings and arrows. Um, you answered all my questions. Uh, so here's my, my promo to the, to the congregation today, what he just said about it's an easy one to be involved in. Mark on your calendars, October 27th. That's going to be the Fall Family Fun Fest at uh, the Refugee Apartment Complex. We'll talk more about it later on. Thank all of y'all. We're going to have a few more things to say, but I'll let you return to your seats now and leave one microphone close by John. Just leave it right there. Thank all of you guys so, so, so much for your coming.